let's get it started in here. Let's get it started. <laughs> and running, running, and running, running. Little black eyed peas. This one's for the future, bro. This one's from the future. <laughs> Little black eyed peas, you know. Hello and welcome back to the Second and Two podcast. I'm your host, TP. I got my co host, producer extraordinaire, hat connoisseur. No longer closet Broncos fan because they've won four in a row. Uh, Jody, what's up, Joe? Yo, what's good, man? Just you know, we're here on the week of Thanksgiving. Couldn't be a better time, you know. A lot of things people reflect reflect on at that time. But on mm-hmm. top of that, had some good football. You know, food. Got had some good food. Went home for my mom's birthday. Had some some good old stadium pizza. You know. Ooh, can't go wrong girl. with that. Shout yeah. out. So, you know, we're here, we're back. A little bit later record time than normal, but we're still getting it rolling. Yeah, yeah. We're recording, should be noted, we're recording on a Tuesday. Which is different for us, but it's kind of fun because all the All-22 film is out right now. Mm-hmm. And so. we've seen all the games, not just all, every game until the Monday night football game. So we have all the games to talk about. Um, we know all the results. We know all the standings. Generally, Tuesday would be a tougher day for us to record on, but because of Thanksgiving week, schedules mm-hmm. are a little different. So uh, we're recording here on a Tuesday Tuesday morning, might it be, and uh, we're excited. And we'll be back eventually, too. You guys won't notice, but for us, we'll be recording again later, getting a little special segment double, in there. So Double duty for a second exactly. segment of the day. Yeah, no, um, today is definitely a special, special podcast episode, Thanksgiving week. And we're excited for it. What do we got first, Joe? Uh, it's your update with your, your game last week. I know you probably don't really want to speak on it too much, but I, I tuned yeah, in. I, I, I remembered it was like, <laughs> oh, it's time. It's game time. I pull it up. And, uh, you know, I don't want to take too much of your thunder, but the score wasn't there. And then I checked in a little bit late, and I was like, oh, tough day. So, yeah, I was kind of just hoping we could skip this segment this week. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, um, All right, well, <laughs> as I said, I nah, could ask I'm you some questions about the, the future because I'm assuming you got something else going on in terms of the sports world out there. Yeah, I, in case the people couldn't tell out there, uh, we lost. Um, second round of the playoffs. Generally, that that round in Texas high school football separates the men from the boys, and uh, unfortunately, we <laughs> were not the men this week. We lost seventy to zero. Yeah, that's um, tough, bro. So, you know, went from assistant coach of the week last week for our performance on defense to definitely not that this week. We had the worst <laughs> loss in the playoffs in the state of Texas. It was it was pretty bad. There was a couple that were close, but ours was the worst. And uh-huh. um, I, honestly, all the credit in the world to Wellington. They did a great job executing what they do best. Um, we never forced them to do anything different. And, mm-hmm. you know... It, it it was a I wouldn't say it was a lack of talent. Um, they were probably more talented than us, but it was really a lack of experience being in that environment, being in that round. You know, they've they've been there so many times, and this was our first time being there. Um, yeah, and 
uh, it just it just showed. It was very apparent. The game was really fast for our kids early. They jumped on us early. It was like 16-0 before you could blink. And I'm talking yeah. within the first like 12 to 15 snaps, it was 16-0. So yeah. Um, yeah. it just – they jumped on us. They put us away quickly. So credit to them. You know, I mean, they they did exactly what they wanted to. and We never made them do anything different. You know, it was a really good season. Um, it's a. I told the kids after the game, it it doesn't matter if we had gone undefeated and been to the state title game and lost seventy to zero in the state title game. No one would have been happy, right? Like, yeah, there's that's you, true. you don't want to finish your season losing seventy to zero. Nobody likes that. Mm-hmm. But you know, having a few days to reflect on things, you know, it it took me about a day. You know, I was pretty bummed. Um, there's kind of a tough reconciliation that goes on where when you lose 70 to zero, you know, like, okay, so we weren't winning that game, no matter what we did. Yeah. That's, that's pretty clear. So there's a little bit of like, well, there's not much we could have done. On the other hand, it's like, man, did we have to lose 70? You know, (laughs) we have been respectable because we have competed a a lot. Yeah, Yeah. there was definitely like, we could have competed harder and, and our kids really did put their head down when we got down about 32 to zero. And we yeah, probably spotted them the last 40 points of that blowout. You know what I mean? Like where it was just, we just stopped playing. We, we, we were feeling sorry for ourselves. That was the part I was more disappointed in than anything, but yeah. you know, just um, the tail. yeah. And, and again, that's like that immaturity, that youth. And we talked about that too, but mm-hmm. ultimately, you know, really good season. We made some history, you know, first district win since 2016 first, yeah. Playoff appearance since 2011, first playoff win since 2011, best start since 2004 with the 3-0 start. So did a lot of good things. You know, kids proved to themselves that they could win, which I don't know that they were really thinking they could, that they could before the season started. Yeah, And they proved it no, to I mean, themselves. So for that, I was really proud of them. Um, it was a good year, but certainly not satisfied. And I told them in the offseason, you will hear me say 70-0. to zero. Like when yeah. things are getting hard and you don't want to work hard right now, all I'm going to say is 70 to zero. And that should be enough to be mm-hmm. like, you know what? No, I am going to finish this set right now. Or yeah. I am going to run this sprint hard right now. So yeah, you use it, let it feel you. I know it'll feel me. I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna let <laughs> but we can't do nothing about it. <laughs> no, we can't do anything about it now, but man, come next August. Uh, yeah. We'll be, we'll be able to the do something about it. mentality's got to be right. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they, they, they still have some things to look forward to. You brought up all the, the accolades that have been accomplished this year that you guys have done. And not to mention, just what I think they had two wins last year, if I'm not mistaken, you told us. Yeah. So the first year before. Yeah. So, I mean, that alone should tell them they got something to prove to themselves. And, you know, a lot of room to grow for sure. Yeah. More experience th- that they've been earned, you know. So, a bunch of things that just got to keep their mind right and not just dwell back on the 70 to zero being like, Oh man, we just got blown out and we're not good or whatever. Yeah, no, it, it definitely, like I said, you, they proved something to themselves. And then it was also a wake up call that like, Hey, yeah, you did some good things, but you are not there yet. Like it's yeah. not close yet. We got to work harder. Um, which it's good. It's a good thing. It just sucks that that's what has to happen for them to, yeah. To get the realization. <laughs> to, yeah. So, but it was a great season. I uh, couldn't be more proud of them. And I'm I'm really excited for next year, for sure. Oh, yeah, man. 
Just get back to it. I, okay, so as I've mentioned earlier, are you doing other sports like you were at the other schools, or are you yes. just strictly football here? Okay. Yeah, so instantly went right into coaching basketball, like literally the day after that. So yeah. that helps too because you have to just <laughs> focus to another sport already. So I, yeah. I've already coached four basketball games since we lost. In so. three days, bro? <laughs> yes, yes. You had a Friday, tournament or what? Friday we had a game, yep. Saturday yeah. we had two games and a tournament, and then uh, yesterday, Monday – we had a game. Now we're on break for this week. So I, get a, I do get a little break here. But, um, <laughs> yeah, right into basketball. So Men's, women's, both? Uh, the, the girls. I'm on the girls' side of girls. basketball. Which, coaching girls JV basketball, that will test you. <laughs> so. Uh, woosah, bro. Woosah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of woosah. Yeah. A lot of woosah. A lot of turnovers. A lot of fouls. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I mean, how I mean, layups um, too. Maybe you got yeah. some shooters. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Slowly, maybe. We'll you get there. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> All right. But looking ahead into the news around the league, man, we got, you know, another slate of just injuries all around. You know, Thursday night starts off with our guy, Joey B. Mark, Mark Andrews as well. I believe what Joe Burrow messed up his hand or his wrist. I don't wrist. know which one. Wrist. And then Mark Andrews was his ankle, yeah. Yeah. It looks like they're both out for the year. They're both done mm-hmm. So Another Dunzo. We got our guy Deshaun Watson. But our guy DTR took the dub in his absence. So, you know, maybe and, maybe and- the Browns can still make it. And the uh, what's that guy's name? I, I, it's not Bajan. That's the Bears dude. Oh, well, the backup for the the Bengals, you know, he he was looking better at towards the end of the night. It started off slow. I mean, you know, yeah, as you would expect coming in cold, but mm-hmm. I, I still think he he might be able to get some things done. Maybe not take them to the playoffs, but may, ca- catch some dubs along the way. Yeah, no, uh, I think uh, he did enough to win, and mm. that's what the Browns are going to ask him to do. So we'll see. Um, but I am excited for DTR to get this opportunity. He had a great career at UCLA in college, and um, so he looked we'll good in do. the preseason as well. Yeah. Guy coming back off injury, though, Kyler Murray. He's looking good. Second mm-hmm. game, threw a rocket to Rondell Moore, just rock, moonshot, touchdown. <laughs> um, so, Kyler, they Cardinals didn't do quite enough to get the win yeah. Sunday, but they were one and one since Kyler came back, and they've looked a lot more functional offensively. I think they're at least more fun to watch now with Kyler yeah, back true, in the lineup. Definitely. Um, so just a team to monitor, you know, every year in December, you get those teams that are like, uh, they're not great record wise, but like they're playing better teams and teams that are playing for se- playoff seating and they're counting, yeah. you know, teams against you know, games against those teams as wins. And then all of a sudden, you know, Kyler Murray and well, the, and the Cardinals are, are beating the Eagles in week 14 <laughs> and you're like, what, you know, so the Cardinals seem to be like one of those, those teams that, you know, you just got to watch out for moving Upset forward. Alert. Yeah. yeah. Well, more injuries we got. We got Cooper Cup. Uh, I don't remember what his was in the game. I know low, low ankle. Min- low ankle. Low ankle okay. sprain. Yeah. So they they got, got him day to day right now. Devon A Chain. He hurt his knee. Yeah. Let's see. We yeah. got Geno Smith. It was his elbow. Mm-hmm. Although that dude's a monster for coming back on that last drive. Mm-hmm. Let's see. We got Aaron Jones. I don't know what his was. What was it? Do you know? I think his is a knee as well. Um, speculations maybe MCL, but I haven't mm. heard anything. So right. we'll see on him. 
Kenny Walker. I don't know what his was, but I was sad that I saw him just play like literally like five snaps, and then he was. Done. Yeah, he uh, his was. Um, I want to say it was groin or hip flexor, so one of those. It was in that region okay. of the body. Yeah, his just was. Like a, his was a weird. Yeah, his was a weird deal. All right, and then we got Joey Bosa. I don't know what his was as well. Do you? Uh, Bosa, I'm, I'm pretty sure they said he was taken off on a cart. Um, I did not see that live. I just read that. But uh-huh. um, his sounded not good out of out of everyone's. His sounded like it might be the worst one. So Okay, yeah, that sounds bad. If you're on a cart, that's never a good implication for nothing. Yeah. But yeah, all these happened all over the weekend. Obviously, three of those all came from the same game, which is crazy. And your boy was there. Uh, took my mom to the game for her birthday. That was on Saturday. So it was a good time. Let's see. Yeah. Backup quarterbacks, though, making making some plays around the league. We got our guy Tommy D. Tommy DeVito took the dub. Jets, you have Zach Wilson. Uh, didn't the, the backup come in, t- Tim Boyle, and he's going to get the start on uh, Friday? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just – Look, look at all these backup QBs that are just, <laughs> that are playing. That's I mean that's really yeah. it's the year of the backup QB, right? I mean you said yeah, the Giants, O'Connell, DeVito, the Jets, yeah, Browning. There's a name from the Bengals. Yep. Now getting the nod. DTR as we mentioned as well. Will Levis. Yep, they're letting him get the the reins. And then Drew Locke came in for I believe two series through a pick. Mm-hmm. As I Three. told my mom, he definitely would. Yeah, and then. Uh, Josh Dobbs for the Vikings, who also was starting in Arizona because Kyler Murray was hurt. So crazy. All those guys started or had, you know, all of those players either started the game or their teams had to turn to them during the game uh-huh. um, on Sunday, this past Sunday. Every guy we yeah, just named played this past Sunday. That is literally a quarter of the league was playing backup quarterbacks on Sunday. Um, and then if you look at throughout the year, the Rams had to play Brett Rippon, the Bears had to play mm-hmm. Tyson Badgett, the Cardinals had Dobbs, like you mentioned, the Colts played Min- are, are with Gardner They're Minshew still now. Playing, yeah. The Saints, uh, I believe, are going to have to start Jameis Winston this week, and then the okay. Falcons they had they had Tyler Heineke at one point. They but the, all those teams, and now it looks like the Patriots are going to turn away from Mac Jones. They're going so that's zappy? another. That's what it sounds like. So that's another six, seven teams. So about half the league has not had a consistent starter this year at quarterback. Yeah, that's insane. Tough week or tough year for that all around. That's a weird. I mean, I, I, that's got to be a. Yeah, like that doesn't feel like that's been the case the last three or four years in the NFL. So it feels like that's a real trend right now. Sure, there are plenty of explanations or things that we could talk about. I mean, some of it is poor quarterback play. A lot of it is injuries. Yeah, yeah um, I was gonna feels say like, the crazy feels part like is that we're way up this year. Yeah, I would definitely. I mean, we didn't talk about him on this list, but I mean, we know Devito got sacked nine times this past weekend, but also our guy Sam Howell gets sacked like crazy. But I was gonna say it's crazy that this is like the case because. They got a bunch of rules protecting quarterbacks, and you would expect the quite the opposite. And this is not the case. Yeah, so, yeah I, I don't know. It it does. It just feels like, for whatever reason, 
just just a lot lot more backup quarterbacks this year. Maybe it's just the year of the backup QB. Um, <laughs> go go make a scratcher with that on there. If you get if you get twelve or three crutches in a row, you you win the lotto ticket or something. <laughs> so speaking of backup QBs and trends here, we've now had multiple teams fire their offensive coordinators in consecutive weeks here. Obviously, um, the Ken Dorsey firing from the Bills happened after we recorded last Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they found a little bit of success this week against the Jets with Joe Brady as their new offensive coordinator. I don't know that we could necessarily say that, you know, it was Ken Dorsey's fault. The Bills were losing games. Um, yeah. You know, it was, I've seen this joke made a bunch. It was definitely his fault that the Bills had. 12 on the field when the Broncos lined up for that field goal, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. I, I mean, yeah. people throwing all the stats out there about where his offense ranked and what they were doing. Um, so from a performance standpoint, the offense did not feel like it was the problem. However, you know, Sean McDermott clearly felt like he needed to change something up. And right now he's the defensive coordinator, so he doesn't have a defensive coordinator fire. Um, Josh Allen has thrown a lot of picks this year. He's kind of looked more like early years, Josh Allen with the way he's throwing interceptions. Um, and so maybe at the end of the day, that's kind of where that came down to. We also don't know the dynamic behind the scenes, the working dynamic and the relationship between Sean McDermott and Ken Dorsey. And so that may have played a role as well, but, um, ultimately, you know, for the bills, they certainly found some success and got back on a winning streak this week, beating the jets We'll see if it continues and, you know, they got a much tougher opponent in week 12 and that's going to be the Eagles. So, yeah. um, On the flip side, news dropped this morning. The Steelers finally fired Matt Canada. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing I woke up to with our guy, Shefty. (laughs) Yep. Shefty was on it. Um, It's something people have, I said finally, because this is something people have been calling for since last year. So, been in the in the works for quite some time and um now it's gonna be on kenny pickett if things don't get better people will blame kenny pickett next Mm -hmm. and that's just a fact so for kenny pickett it puts him a little bit on the hot seat i think because if he doesn't perform down the stretch of this season with a pretty good team around him you know they're six and four right now they're in the playoff hunt Mm -hmm. um you know if it doesn't get better offensively people then blame him because there's no Matt Canada to blame anymore. So we'll see what happens with that with that Steelers offense. But those are two coaching changes that have that have happened. Not a lot of head coaching changes. You know, we know we saw the Raiders fire McDaniel's. Um mm-hmm. feels like the seats of Ron Rivera and Brandon Staley are warming up right now. Yeah, definitely. Those either one of those guys could be next. Um this is always kind of that time of year where you start seeing those things happen. Um probably my least favorite time of the year. Being a coach myself, I, I just I know how hard that job is, and you know sometimes it just, yeah, you know, it just I need to hold on to your spot for a yeah, little longer. I just I envy I don't envy those coaches who are in that those positions. So, um, but, but some uh, other what else sad things we seen yesterday to be exact. Chiefs receivers, man, they were dropping balls in critical moments. We got our our guy, Travis Kelsey, had that fumble. He had that that ball that he started looking upfield before he caught for that first down that they needed late in the game. 
We had, I think, MVS dropped a, a possible touchdown that would have led them to, to at least be in the lead at that moment, maybe even win. And then we had Justin Watson as well with couple, a couple drops to help get first downs as well. It's just that's. I mean, I was gonna mention MVS in my Boo Boo Evans at the honorable mention because him and and our winner are definitely getting made fun of on X. So you know, it's been a tough <laughs> tough time all around for receivers recently. Yeah, um, I, it, the Chiefs. It, this is a recurring theme with them. Mm-hmm. You know, Kadarius Tony early in the year. Yeah, Justin Watson, you know, MBS. Even Kelsey had that time fumble. That's happened too. Yeah, for MBS. even Kelsey. Yeah. Even Kelsey had the fumble though. Yeah. So, which was crazy. Uh, just all around tough. Tough. Like that felt like a game the Chiefs controlled for most of it, and then somehow Definitely. lost. They gave it yeah. away, and I'm sure Chiefs fans are not thrilled because we're about to talk about it next. Playoff standings that really yeah. impacted things. Yeah, starting with the NFC. So we're giving you the the leaders, and then the p- couple people in the hunt. We got the Eagles at nine and one, Lions eight and two, Forty Nine ers seven and three, Saints five and five. Those are all going to be the division leaders. We got the Cowboys at seven and three. Seahawks six and four, and the Vikings six and five. Those would be your division. Or, uh, sorry, the man. What's the word? I'm, I'm blanking right now. There you go. Wild card teams, and then people in the hunt. We got the Packers at four and six, Rams four and six, Falcons at four and six, and the Bucks as well with four and six, which is crazy. We got three of those dudes from that division down there, but yeah. I guess they're all in the hunt for their division spot. Realistically, right? Yeah. Well. And you, know, you kind of look at schedules coming up. The Seahawks have a brutal stretch. Their yeah. next four games are the Niners twice, the Eagles, and I am blanking. It might be the Ravens. So, like, potentially, no, they already played the Ravens. Who, who am I missing? I don't remember Seahawks? who's. Yeah, yeah. If you can figure that out, it. I know it's the Niners the twice, the Steelers once. Oh, it's there. The, I think it says the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys. Cowboys. Yep. So Niners, Cowboys, Niners. Oh, Eagles. And then we got Eagles, Seahawks, or sorry, Titans, Steelers, Cardinals. Yeah. So their next four are tough. You could very and like we could look up four weeks from now, and the Seahawks could be six and eight. Yeah, that's brutal. So. If you consider that, then that makes all those four and six teams really in the hunt. And the Rams, maybe I'm a little biased here, but the yeah. Rams <laughs> are two games back, but they hold the ultimate tiebreaker because they've beaten Seattle twice now. Twice, yeah. So if the Rams can just get even with Seattle in the next four weeks, then you'll you'll look at you know a really good shot for them to make it. I think the Vikings, you know, I know they lost a tough one to the Broncos, but they have just managed to piecemeal things together with Dobbs without Justin Jefferson. They'll get Justin Jefferson yeah, back sometime true. soon, which will make them more dynamic. Um, I just imagine they'll figure out how to get it done. They have two more games against the Lions. Yeah. So those are two games that you feel like, okay, maybe they, they're going to at best be a 10-7 and seven team if you figure they lose those two games to the Lions. Um, but, you know, I, I do think... The we could see those last two spots in the NFC B teams that are ten and seven, nine and eight, maybe even eight and nine. 
at this yeah. point, the way things are looking. So we'll see how that how that shakes out. But those are your NFC top 11 through week 11. We go to the AFC, same thing, top 11 through week 11. You've got the Ravens sitting in the driver's seat for the one seat now at eight and three. Mm-hmm. Chiefs are seven and three. Jags are seven and three. The Dolphins are seven and three. So you got all these seven and three teams leading their divisions. Then yep. sitting in fifth place and you know, just a half game out of out of the Ravens is the Browns at seven and three. Um the Texans are six and four and the Steelers are six and four. So those would be your wild card teams right now. Then you're outside looking in. You've got the Bills at six and five, the Bengals at five and five, the Colts at five and five, and the Broncos now sitting at five and five. The Broncos on the graphic. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, I mean, they've won four in a row. They've got to be the hottest yeah, team in the crazy. league right now. And they defeated the previous hottest team in the league, the Vikings, to do it. So, well, they had the Chiefs and the Bills in there too. Mm-hmm. Wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they they have just found a way. They manufactured wins. They manufactured yeah. wins. It's it's a credit to uh, Sean Payton and the job he's doing there. And we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Broncos. But they are now firmly in the hunt. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, the the it's crazy how on the the in the hunt people in the NFC they're all four and six. Obviously, the Bills are the outlier in the AFC with everyone else being five and five, but. It's, it's still close. Anyone's game out here for at least another three, four weeks. And there's some tough schedules out there too. So we'll see how it all it, plays out. It definitely feels like there are a lot of, there's a lot of parody in the league right now um, yeah, because true. there aren't a lot of teams that you can truly cross off. You know, if yeah. you look in the AFC, like the Raiders are five and six. They're not on the graphic. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the chargers are four and six They're I know things are bad and people are upset, but with Justin Herbert and the talent on that team, who knows? They could still get on a run. It's possible. Yeah. Um, you know, and then in in the NFC, like the Commanders, four and seven, like there these these teams <laughs> that are lurking, where it's like, well, you don't feel great about them, but they're still like they their record says like they're still in. Yeah. In the hunt yeah, no, here, even through through week eleven, so. But we're turning the page to week 12, Jody. Tell us about our Thanksgiving matchups. Oh, yeah. So Thursday, we got the Packers at the Lions starting at 9 a.m. Or 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30 Eastern. Off rip, you know, start off the day, right? You know, after your turkey bowl or whatever you got planned in the morning, go watch some football (laughs) with the Packers and Lions. Following that up, we got the Commanders at the Cowboys, another divisional matchup for that day i guess they all are i should say that now yeah uh, and now it's gonna be at 130 pacific 430 eastern and then closing out the night we got the niners at the seahawks now it's gonna be 720 eastern 420 pacific it's gonna be a tough day i mean outside of that that packers game i would say maybe i think those other two could be definitely really interesting i think all of them could be interesting no that is true um, but i mean it just depends on how you're feeling about Jordan Love and everything. But like the Bears yeah. gave that game away against the Lions this last week. I that mean, it really true. felt like the that Bears could have beat them. So I, I think the Packers could certainly go into Detroit and, you know, maybe mess up their Thanksgiving. I think Sam Howell could get hot and, and they could mess <laughs> up the Cowboys Thanksgiving. And then 49ers Seahawks, because it's in Seattle, is certainly a toss up. Um, I would, I think. You know, there are certain favorites for sure. The Lions, the Cowboys, the Niners would be the three teams you'd expect to win 
all of these NFC divisional games, but uh, the Packers, Commanders, and Seahawks could all play spoiler. So definitely some some good games. I think probably better games than what we've gotten in past Thanksgivings for sure. Now, yeah, I, I will say the Lions are a force at home, though. They've only lost once, and that's against yeah. the Seahawks in yeah. Week 2. So we'll see if the Packers could square that one away with Jordan Love. But we can't forget, we got football on Friday, too, after you're done shopping. Black Friday. The at, at 2, 2 p.m. Eastern. What's that, 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. Pacific? Yeah. So, I mean, another divisional matchup out there. That one can be tough in New York, you know. Yeah. See, we'll see what the Dolphins can do on offense because that Jets D is crazy. Yeah, that's going to be a uh, – that – I don't know. We'll see if Tim Boyle's up to the task to make that fun. That could be a – that could be the worst matchup of the four <laughs> that we've got between Thanksgiving and Black Friday. But maybe the Jets make it fun. It's in New York, so we'll see. Yeah, but that leads us to our fantasy football update. It was a wild week to say the least, man. The receivers just, I guess, didn't exist this week all around. My team was plagued with injuries. Your team, they were just shying away from the ball, I guess. We had <laughs> we had our quarterback matchup really close. I, Jalen Hurts had 18.9. Patty Mahomes was 16.88. See, out of the running back, Saquon balled out for you. Got you a solid 30. CMC got me 21. Here, Here's the grueling part, though. A.J. Brown, 1.8. Cooper Cup obviously got hurt, 2.1. And I got Tyreek on my bench with 30.6. You know, got to love that. Uh, <laughs> we got, for you, you had Jamar Chase, 9.2. Stefan, 6.7. Your backup's hurt, JJ. So, I mean, no no upside right there for you. Now we get to the, the tight ends. Your guy, Travis Kelsey, Mr. Pfizer, 15.4. Mark Andrews got hurt, 4.3. Now, now this is the tough part for you too. You got Mechie. I don't remember who. Well, actually, I do know. I could go look it up. Who your original draft pick? Oh, that's tough. Your original reserve guy was Sam Laporta, and you were like, "I'm gonna take Mechie instead." So that, he got two point two. My uh, guy Jameer Gibbs got me twenty one point five. Kickers Tucker got me eleven. Butker got you six. All that being said, you won by eleven. You won ninety eight point two to eighty seven. Worst week that we've had all year, and it's crazy. And, you know, we talk about the parody, you know, a bunch of injuries and whatnot. It's just plagued our team out here, and it's a tough, tough week. So where are we at on the year now? You're up one now. So now it's six to five? Six and five, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, good, good. We like that. Good Thanksgiving update. All right, speaking of Thanksgiving, quick before we get to awards here, we got a quick uh, aside segment. Top three Thanksgiving sides, along with three turkey legs you're giving out ahead of this Thanksgiving slate. All right. I'll go first on this one. I'm going to go stuffing when it's made right. Got to be yeah. made are correct, you, like well done. Are you a, uh, inside the turkey guy or the, the outside made on its own? I've had both. I like both versions. If they're again, uh-huh. if they're made right, yeah, like the worst kind of stuffing is that dry stuff. Like yeah, don't give me no, that definitely. dry. Like it's got to be like really moist. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's gotta no, be got to be good. Also, don't give me any like cranberries in the stuffing or weird stuff like <laughs> apples. Like I don't want that either. Yeah, yeah. Like, give me regular <laughs> stuffing. Okay. All right. Next, 
mac and cheese, okay? And I'm talking like the big thick elbow noodles. The, yeah. The creamy. It's got to you got it's got to make that noise when you stir it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> A that little nice whooshing sound. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Cardi B then, approved. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then last but not least, the mashed potatoes. Once again, must be made correctly but if yeah, they're that like creamy, really creamy mashed potato ooh, yeah. oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah and if you got the the, the turkey gravy mm, it's ooh, on top it's over my my good sir so that's those are my three sides a little honorable mention shout out to green bean casserole i do like the green bean casserole and uh it just didn't quite make my top my top three i, I'm, I went with three classics um yeah, as far as my you. turkey legs my predictions for turkey legs this Thanksgiving slate. I'm going Jared Goff. I think he balls out against the depleted Packers secondary. Three TDs? Um, uh, we're going to go four TDs. Ooh-wee. 270 yards. No picks. Okay. Yep. Perfect. He, recover- he recovers from a tough game against the Bills or the Bears. Then I'm going to go CD Lamb. He's been cooking people all year long. Why would he not cook the commanders on Thanksgiving yeah. Day? Yeah, for sure. He and Dak have crushed at least inferior, 10 receptions. Inferior defenses all year. And I'm going CD. We're going to go over eight receptions, over 100 yards, at least one touchdown. All right. Yeah. George yeah, he needs Kittle. a bounce back game after eight. I think he had like five to eight receptions last week with like 50 yards. Yeah. And a he'll tight. Be, he'll, yeah. he'll be good. He'll be good. Yeah. And then in the night game, I'm going a little bit riskier bet. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, one of the flashier names here, but I'm going George Kittle for the 49ers. I think he has mm-hmm. a big game against the Seahawks. He typically has big games against the Seahawks for whatever reason. And uh, I think, you know, Purdy's been playing pretty well That's recently. Guy right now. You know, the Seahawks are going to load up to stop Christian McCaffrey. So he's going to throw it to George Kittle a bunch off play action. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. George Kittle, massive game. You know, we're talking like, like one of those like six catch, 100 yards, three touchdown kind of games that Kittle's just like famous for. <laughs> Kittle's um, the that, only one scoring and he's yeah. just going crazy. Yeah, yeah like he doesn't have like a million that. catches, but like all of his yeah. catches are big. Four yardage, touchdowns, touchdowns and three of them are tutties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Four catches, three touchdowns, 100 plus yards. With like 80 yeah. yards, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so for me, in terms of the food, when I first read it, I was like, I would swap in the green bean casserole for that mashed potatoes. I'm solid. But then I got to thinking about what I normally eat on Thanksgiving. And I was like, you know, there's something else that's just not on there. And it's creamed corn. And let me tell you, on on Thanksgiving, I normally go back for a plate of just that, honestly. (laughs) I'll get that, maybe some ham so I don't look like too weird with just corn on my plate. (laughs) But yeah, so so for me, my, my, my list is mac and cheese. The green bean casserole and cream corn. That's Fair. that's mine. And I'll do the honorable mention. I, I want to do bread. You, you know, you need something to clean up your plate at the end oh, of it. You know, sure. get everything sure. incorporated. Sure. Maybe you, with your ham, you want to make a little sandwich or something. So I'm throwing bread for my honorable the, mention. Like the well, like just just barely cooked like Hawaiian sweet roll. That's, yeah. That's it yep. right there. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gosh, yeah, I can't and- wait for Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> And for my turkey legs that I'm handing out, for me, I'm this one kind of goes hand in hand with yours. I'm going to Monroe St. Brown. I think he's getting like two tutties going deep for, I don't know, let's say six, six receptions, like solid 80 to 90 yards. 
balling. And then I'm following that CD pick, like you said. He's just been ha- having games like crazy all year. And then for my Niners game, I'm going Christian McCaffrey. I wanted to go with Brandon Ayuk, but I think ultimately that he's going to get a tidy running and receiving, and it's going to be, you know, just giving away to him. Fair, fair. So we'll check back in next week, see how we did on our turkey leg predictions here. Talk about our Thanksgiving feasts that we have. See if we if we ate the sides and if they were up to par. <laughs> not certainly not throw anyone under the bus who might have been cooking because I don't. I mean, it Bro, won't be that's me. That's always a tough part. It won't be me. Is it going to be you? Uh, for me, yeah, I'm actually not traveling this Thanksgiving, so you're, I, I you're bought. You're going to be doing the cooking, okay? Yeah, I bought ham. Cooking, Jody. I got. Master I got the some. Grills. <laughs> yeah, so I got him. I bought the uh, like scalloped potatoes from Costco. You know, they got that big okay. pan where they're all like sliced up cheese on yeah, top. Yeah, yeah. Looking yeah, yeah. forward to that. And when I when I saw this, I actually told myself I gotta go get some corn to try and make some fire <laughs> cream corn because I need that on my plate. And so, uh, <laughs> and then I think I wanted like one other thing. I don't probably just some bread. Like I said, I don't know. Sure. I'm not gonna venture into making the green bean casserole. That's gonna be too much. I don't know. A little too much for just me, myself, you know? (laughs) All right, all right. All right, Joe, so we got a uh, special guest here making her debut on podcasts. Um, You know, we're at that time of year, the holidays, Thanksgiving, talk about things we're thankful for, talk about family, friends, people that are important in your life, right? So we thought uh, this week would be a good week to invite uh, my very own girlfriend and huge supporter of the podcast. Some might call her our number one fan. She really does listen to every single episode, yeah. and I really do get feedback from her every week. <laughs> and uh, she's here today. You know, she's going to give us some uh, some of her own, you know, comments, suggestions, thoughts uh, in her very own segment in her debut on the podcast today. Um, this is called the top five NFL head coaches based on how Jillian thinks they look and or maybe act. There you go. And uh, and Joe and I will just comment. Yeah, well, I'm I'm very excited to see the list. I know she put in a lot of time and effort on this. Um, so Jill, the floor is yours. Take it away. Take it away. Okay. Here we go. Top five. Starting with my number one. Well, one from the only. top? Yeah. That's good. You don't yeah, want to go one through five. I, it's her no, segment. Let her go. You have to start right. with the number one because I just think about him 24-7 constantly. <laughs> okay. Robert Sala from the New York Jets. <laughs> I mean, I watched him in Hard Knocks because Trevor made me watch it. Yeah. I mean, I mean we were watching all, it. Yeah, we were I loved him. It. And then I obviously heard... Y'all talk about it on the podcast. Um, I think he's a beautiful bald man. You just, you can't get a more beautiful head than that. Um, What do you think of the beard now? I think it's lovely. It's trimmed very beautifully. I've got a great picture of him and it's perfectly cut. I think if I could. trimmed? (laughs) Yes. I think if I could rub his head and make three wishes, one of my wishes would be to drink a Mai Tai on the beach with him because he's got a great tan. Um, my my roommate did want me to throw in that she thinks that he has feminine eyes. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. 
But I think I've that, never taken a, a look into his eyes, but I mean, I'll have to pay attention next time, I guess. I okay. think he's wonderful. So I would just like to insert my commentary here. Um, in no way do I feel self-conscious about this because <laughs> I'm not bald. Um, yeah. In no way am I worried. Robert Sala has like seven say. kids or something like that with his wife. Also, he lives in New York and we live in Texas. So I think yeah. I'm I think I'm good. I'm not worried about Robert Sala. <laughs> I will not start calling him Mr. Steel Yo Girl. All right. Um but good for him, honestly. Number one, he's not number one on anyone else's head coach list right now. So glad he could make That's it here. Sure. At least he got to get rid of Zach Wilson at the starting quarterback. I mean, he did just make a move away from Zach Wilson. Also, in fairness to him, I mean Aaron Rodgers got hurt early. So tough yeah. one. Tough, tough year on him. Not saying he's done a bad job. Just don't think anyone would name him as their favorite NFL head coach right now. But mm-hmm. he's number one in Jillian's heart, so we'll we'll let it stand here. That means a lot. Yeah. Cool. All right. Number two. <laughs> Might be controversial. I don't think this one is. I'm going with Mike McDaniel from the Miami Dolphins. Um, I love him because he's goofy. I can't take him seriously, especially when he wears the sunglasses. I think he looks real dorky. I think he really looks like he's a girl dad. I just can't see him having boys, which is funny because he coaches them. Um, he, I just feel like I would have like a full out jackass day with him, like where you just go around and prank people all day long. Just, I mean, he's goofy. And I just, I really like him goofy. And that's him. 10 out of 10. You know? And my, that, my guy does have some swag on his feet, though. And that's just, those are my thoughts about him. Yeah. Um, Mike McDaniel, I do like this one. I do feel like he's goofy. I feel like he he would be a fun hang. Anytime yeah, they do like the release fun. audio of him talking to his players, it feels like everything he says is a joke. Yeah. So I kind of like that. That's kind of how I am. So I kind of feel like I would get along with Mike McDaniel. He's an interesting cat for sure. I mean, I feel like he just sounds like a robot half the time or he's just off the Zaza. And he's just like doesn't know what's going on, and he's just going through life. Did you see his his, his uh um what's the word I'm looking for? Press conference in Germany where he walks in and he's like, "Yeah, I know, I'm taller in person." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I, so, I was that. like, man, he's he's hilarious. I saw I saw a clip recently where he was like, he was like, "Whoa, like I like your shoes. They're really clean." I like myself a clean shoe. I was like, this guy is something else right now, bro. <laughs> uh, he was like, you're going to have to put your feet down. I didn't the cool thing me. about McDaniel, too, is he's also very open and honest. Like, he's a yeah, true. you know recovering addict and, like, has always been open about that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty cool. He's very honest with his players. I think that's part of why he has such good relationships with his players and it's why he can get the best out of them. So I also appreciate that about him. Um, very, very good list so far. Um, your top two are going to square off on Black Friday football this week. You're going to be really, you're going to be really split there on who you're rooting for. And I'm working and it's going to be terrible because I'm sad about that. Um, let's get to your number three though. All right. Um, number three, Andy Reid, Kansas City Chiefs. Now this one's a turn. I like him because he looks like a mix of a cute little walrus and yeah, a very exactly. serious grandpa. And I love 
old people. She does. All right. So, like, when I think about my day with Andy Reid, it consists of sitting at, like, a wood circle table, drinking hot coffee, and just reading the newspaper together. And that's my day with Andy Reid. And, you know, when I saw a picture of him, it reminded me of, do you, have you seen 50 First Dates? Yeah. You know, the little walrus that they, like, hang out with? That's exactly what he looks like. (laughs) I don't know if Andy Reid should be offended or complimented. No, it's, I think it's you. <laughs> I, think I mean, I'm not going to uh, say you're wrong because I do agree, but I, I, I wouldn't say necessarily that specific walrus, but I do call him that just because <laughs> because his chops, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the stash for it. sure. It's the yeah. stash. Yeah. Andy Reid, great football coach. Also another very funny guy, you know? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. what are you going to do? You won the Super Bowl. Like, I'm just going to smash two more cheeseburgers right now. <laughs> like, so what didn't they, for his birthday, didn't his team get him like a steak or something? <laughs> like, that's what they got yeah, him yeah, for. Yeah, they just birthday. got him food. Yeah. Yeah. My guy so, loves to eat. I would love to hang out with him and just go smash food all day. And just yeah, see for what sure. Happens. I bet you he'd get you, he'd know exactly where to take you in KC. I bet yeah. you. Oh, he probably um, knows about the finest of barbecues. No, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. So far, I don't hate your list. This is good. This is good. Thank you. All right. Number four. I actually did not know who this man was. Um, (laughs) I don't even know if I'm going to say his name right. Because at first I thought it was interesting. I think his name is Todd Bowles. I thought it was Bowles. But that can't be right. (laughs) From the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, The reason why I like the way that this man looked is because he looked, when I first saw him, like somebody that I would like to go bowling and drink a beer with. Um, I also oh. thought he really looked great in red. He used to, I think, right. coach for the Jets. At one correct? point, he did. And he didn't look as good in green. Okay. So I really liked the way mm. he looks in red. Um, I also feel like he would give me really good advice. But I would not want him to be mad at me because he kind of looks a little scary. <laughs> 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 But you know, Joe, you could take this one, right? I was gonna say you could thank um, uh, you, he could thank. Oh, whoa, I can't even speak. He could thank Tom Brady for being where he's at right now. That's all I pretty much have to say about this one. You know what? You know what? Nah, nah, Joe, I'm not standing for Todd Bowles hate right now because he did a good job in New York, and he kind of got fired prematurely, if you ask me. And then he goes to Tampa, and. He's a great coordinator in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. And they win the Super Bowl with him as the DC. Gets handed off to him last year, where at the at first he thinks Brady's retiring. Then he's not. And now he's got Baker Mayfield as quarter, as his quarterback. All right. Like, let, let's get come on. Don't be don't be hating on Todd Bowles like that, dude. Like yeah, I'm not saying he's, he's great. I just assumed Tom Brady brought him in and gave him a job. I mean, uh, it really was Bruce Arians. If if it was, you know, anyone made sure he was he was there. Like Bruce Arians made sure that the torch got passed to him. But I'm just saying, Todd Bowles has certainly earned his his position. I don't want anyone thinking that we're just sitting here saying Tom Brady gave it to him. I'm just saying. But go ahead, you're number five. Oh, number five. All right, this one is a. Tried and true, Kevin O'Connell from the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I like this one. Some have said that I, I look like Kevin my... O'Connell. Okay. <laughs> Just saying. Like, if you could see my sweatshirt, I have a Minnesota Vikings sweatshirt on. 
had to give this one to him just because I was a born and raised Vikings fan from the beginning. Mm. Um, don't okay. <laughs> um, I think he's kind of cute for like a run in the mill frat boy kind of like vibe. If you're into that, um, also I think he would be kind of good at tennis if that's your thing. Looks like he he would really like I don't know win a tournament or something. Um, I don't know. I th- I think he's I I just really liked him. Also, okay. it runs in my family, so I feel like I had to kind of give it to him. Okay. And also, he's not done horrible this year, which I feel like... Oh, he's in the running for coach of the year right now. I mean, he's probably the best coach, at least as far as his performance this season, based on what he has. And based off of what you told me at the beginning of the year, I feel like... This podcast did predict the Vikings to be 7-10, and and they currently sit at 6-5 and after a 1-4 and start, by the way. So... Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin O'Connell, he's made magic with Josh Dobbs. I'm it, just saying. And without Justin Jefferson. Like, he's definitely in the running yeah. for Coach of the Year. So, just saying. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like Kevin O'Connell. He's a former offensive coordinator for the Rams in the Super Bowl. Yeah. We, lo- we love Kevin O'Connell in this household. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like he had to go in the top five. Fair. I feel like he kind of looks like Christian McCaffrey a little bit. Or it could just I be the that. jawline. I don't know. I no, I see it. He does have a very strong jawline. Look at that. I like it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and you have one honorable mention that you wanted oh. to get to here? Oh, hell I yeah. don't know if you'd call it honorable. Ooh. Oh. This guy. <laughs> Can't stand the way he looks. <laughs> oh. How do you say his name? Bill Belichick? No, Nick's. How do you say it? Sirianni. Uh, Sirianni. Sirianni. My lord, <laughs> he is the worst looking one. <laughs> I mean, I can't even look at him. You know, that's hilarious. He looks like he belongs in the morgue. Whoa. He's so gray skinned, and he's got the darkest eyes. Put some eye cream on, sir. And you know what? This one tried to tell me, oh, it's because he works so hard. I, I was going to say, in his defense, <laughs> this man looks like he doesn't sleep. Like he just is up game planning for Jalen Hurts but and A.J. Brown. Yeah. All night. We looked up a picture of him when he was young, and he's looked like that from the beginning. He really he really has always had kind of like the dark eye circles. Like but, it just really yeah. bothers Like I can't – it really bothers it's, me. It's gotten worse, though, since he became a head coach. And I'm telling you, it's because the man does not sleep. I guarantee you he sleeps three, four hours a night, and that's it. Like he probably is working. And I know you shouldn't like judge a book by its cover, but oof, I bad. still would maintain, though, that Sirianni's probably a fun hang. Oof. Uh-uh. No. You yeah. know what he looks like to me? I can just picture him with like a short sleeve, button down gray top, some jeans, and like a leather jacket with a cigar. He looks like he'd be in the mom. I mean, that I could, I yeah, I guess I could see that with a name like Sirianni too. I mean, we're like, stereotyping just, now, but I could just see it. Anyways, he's the worst one. I I think the thing about Sirianni though is he just perfectly embodies Philadelphia, which is why everyone there loves him. Uh, besides mm-hmm. the fact that they've won ever since he's been there, but I also I will maintain though I do think Sirianni would be a fun hang. Joe, what do you think? I think he'd be cool to hang out with. He I feel like he's smashing beers all day. Yeah, and we'll just go crazy. Yeah, although no, I, I do I, think I do feel like you could have a fun night with Sirianni for sure. I also kind of feel like he's got some Aaron Aaron Rodgers vibes on him, so maybe he he's dipping in the ayahuasca or something. And we just have a wild night. <laughs> the ayahuasca. 
go hide oh. away for three days real quick and see what happens. Oh man. Um well this that, that was a that was a pretty good list. It was well researched. We're we're very proud of you here. Now I do know that Jody had maybe a couple questions, some some coaches that he felt like should have made it, and he's a little bit upset about it. So Joe, we're gonna let you fire those. <laughs> All right, I Joe. feel like first off, Kyle Shanahan is t- probably top list for most people, I would assume. I would say people find him attractive. The dude, uh, the monster in Colin plays. Large ears. <laughs> This is the first thing I'm gonna say. Oh. I like this better because it'll be her instant reaction of people she doesn't. Yeah, no, know. I do. I do like this because you can tell she's like, "All right, I don't know who that is. I'm gonna look this up and make sure yeah. I know who." And it, yeah, it's just the first thought that came to her mind was large ears. Well, it's it's right. the it's the hat, bro. Most most people got the yeah. hat tucked underneath or the ears tucked behind the hat, and it's a, and they poke out. Um, I mean, we can we could do a simple one. Not really. I was thinking of, but Sean McVay. Oh, that's that's the Rams head coach. Oh, I like him. He's just I feel like he's simple. Simple. I'm very sure. Looks like, looks like look. a CrossFit kind of guy. I'm not into it. <laughs> Fair enough. He married also, a he has point, He has very pointy hair. Yeah. Which yeah, I mean, he does. He does it's different than hot. your. It's different than your hair. Your I like your pointy hair. What about he's Mike McCarthy? Mike McCarthy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> he looks like he would leave a bad tip at a restaurant wow that's what he Dang. looks like mike mccarthy bad tipper <laughs> okay joe give give us one more one more one good more. one oh, yeah man, one more good one of... Let, let's just go sean payton sean payton sean payton the broncos head coach i just love that Mm-hmm. Yep. Thoughts? Oof. Old and thick neck. Thick neck. And not the good yeah. kind of old. That Dang. You like. Dang. You know? Right. Like he looks like plastic surgery, kind of. Wow. Old. You are Oof. really ripping people. He kind of looks today. like a mouse. A mouse? Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Ooh. Okay, well, we're sorry to the people that we disrespected with this segment. <laughs> um, we apologize for anyone we offended. I'm sure y'all are all really great and, people. And if you saw me at first glance, I'm sure you'd have multiple thoughts as well. Um, but that's going to do it for talking head coaches with Jill. <laughs> there you go. And Boom. From there, we'll kick it to us talking about our awards here, too. Yeah. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. So it's uh, it's award season, award time, and we're gonna start off with our one of our favorites here, the Tuqua Gamer of the Week award. Um, Jody, who was your Gamer of the Week? Oh, this week I'm going with Tyreek Hill, bro. My dude, he's a monster. I don't I don't know how else to put it. We've been known this, but it, I watched back that game. Let me tell you, this dude doesn't ever get tackled unless he truly wants you to tackle him. There was one play. Okay. This dude, too, was throwing him into triple coverage at least three different times. One of them was thrown out of bounds, so he didn't. He, he made the catch, but it wasn't in bounds. There was one time where he actually got tackled. He got tackled twice in the game. 
one of those times with triple coverage, he had nowhere to go. But then there's another time in traffic, this dude looked like a pinball out there just bouncing off a dude. He caught it, didn't really have possession yet, got hit, ended up holding on to it, and then ran, I'm going to say, the, the length of the field from pretty much between the hash and the numbers on the right side all the way across the field the other side. Didn't get tackled for like another five yards after that catch. The dude's crazy. I think he finished. Oh, I didn't write it down. Uh, he had like 10 catches. I want to say 140 yards and a touchdown. Oof. So yeah, Tyreek Hill is crazy. And oh, the other time he got tackled was on a, a screen where the dude didn't block. It, it was River Crawcraft. Hopefully I didn't butcher that last name. He didn't block the first dude. He almost bounced out of that. But the other dude, so he, River Crawcraft stopped on the play, stopped blocking. He gave like, oh man, my dude just got tackled right behind the line. And then the other dude came in and made it worse where it was like a five-yard loss. But other than that, out of the other eight catches, nothing, just untouchable. The guy's yeah. crazy, too fast. Tyreek Hill, gamer. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, my gamer of the week this week is Geno Smith. All right, now normally this award goes to a player who helped his team win, but... I'm giving it to Gino because he had a gutty performance and a loss. Um, number one, we all remember week one, Aaron Donald coming untouched up the middle. Gino, oh my God! Yeah, right, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and just getting rid of the ball. Like, <laughs> getting yeah, on the audio. Yeah, yeah. So everyone knows that is a scary sight if you're a quarterback. All right, well, fast forward, week 11. Um, Aaron Donald coming untouched. Gino. Tries to get rid of the ball, but it's too late. Gets crushed. Absolutely mm. hammered. Like, looks like this dude is not coming back in the game type stuff. So that happens late in the third quarter. He has mm. an elbow injury. It looked like his elbow kind of landed first, and I imagine he probably lost a little feeling in his hand. And certainly if you're a quarterback, you're throwing hand, you, you don't have to throw it. It's going to be tough. Yeah. So um, his, you know, he leaves the game. His team is winning 16-7, to seven, right? Mm-hmm. So – you know, you're hoping you can kind of, I think if you're Pete Carroll, just squeak it out without Gino having to go back in there. So it's clear the offense just struggles without him. Um, yeah. And by 131 left in the game, they're losing 17 to 16. Yeah. So, and as you mentioned, Drew Locke threw a pick the possession before. Drew Locke had come yeah. in for three possessions and um, he had just struggled. So, he comes down after sitting the, you know, comes back in after sitting those three possessions, just, in winning time, minute 31, mm-hmm. no timeouts, got to get him in field goal range, takes him right down the field, sets up a 55-yard field goal. His kicker missed the kick, but yeah. Gino was a gamer for getting back in there and basically giving him his, his team a shot to go win because there's a noticeable difference between him being in the game and not being in the game. And uh, so if anyone had any questions, Gino Smith is a gamer. Yeah, no, that I was – I was walking out. We meet, so after that field goal that the the Rams kicked late in the game, we were walking out like, all right, mom, they're not scoring with Drew uh, Drew Lockie left in this game. Like it's over. We don't got to worry about it. So we're walking back. I pull out my phone. Thanks to you, you know, I'm watching the game. I'm on the way to the the bus, and I'm like, whoa, Geno Smith's in the game, mom. I was like, hold on, this might get crazy. <laughs> and then they're in position, like you said, they get that to get that field goal. And I was like, bro, this guy. Is tough as hell. The fact yeah. that he's in drove him the the length of the field to get to the other side to get a field goal. But luckily, the Shankopotamus got to our guy and wide right at, to to end the regulation, which was crazy. But 
getting into my dog of the week. I think I missed those the last couple of weeks, so I, I got to get it in there this time. We're going back to the same game. I got my guy, Pucha Nakua, a.k.a. Pucha. Puka Nakua. Yeah, so <laughs> they, they, it, the halftime show, it was, so it was the salute to service game. Halftime show, they brought out all these service dogs that, like, served in the, in the oh. military, now turned, like, normal go- dogs. Well, Pucha Nakua is a replacement. So our guy Cooper Pup was the OG to this family. And his, they, they're, like, giving a poem about how he's pretty much done with all his work. I'm assuming his time is coming to an end. So they gave the, the, that family a new dog to work with. And they said, y'all need to name this dog. And so there was Ernest Bones. We got Hucha Nakua, as I said. And the other one was Aaron Ponald. Pucha Nakua was the ultimate winner. And not to mention that our guy Puka in the game himself pretty much, I would say, carried the team apart from our guy Tutu getting some some costly pass interferences done on him. So our guy Puka ended with five receptions, 70 yards, a touchdown on seven targets, and a rush for seven yards. Dude was, from what I remember, was just pretty much the whole offense. Apart from like our, our running backs doing the dirty work here and there, and yeah, dog of the week right there, and literal dog of the week from our guy Pucha. Okay, I like that. That's that. That <laughs> I like how you tied that all in. That was that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> all right, so we're going the minor setback for a major comeback. All right. Um. So right now, this week, I'm looking at Justin fields all right mm-hmm. he's been out for a while you know he's been out he's been hurt people have been oh tyson badgett looks better oh maybe they should draft a quarterback oh maybe justin yeah. fields isn't the guy all right well then we see him come back and i'm telling you every time i watch him i still feel like he has like that it factor yeah and i i still feel like he can be a pretty good quarterback in this league for the majority of the game, he, yeah, I mean, for the majority of the game, he had his team in position to win. He went mm-hmm. 16 for 23, 169 yards, touchdown. He had 18 carries for 104 yards. He was sacked twice, including the one that sealed it. But I expect him to have another great end to the year, similar to what he was able to do last year. Um, I don't know that the Bears will be able to resist drafting a quarterback this year after they didn't do it last year. And people are seeing, you know, Justin Fields, Ohio State counterpart CJ Stroud tear up the league right now and wondering why that hasn't happened with Justin Fields. So, you know, if I was telling the Bears what to do, I would just be like, man, just take Marvin Harrison. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that's what they'll do. I I you know, I go Marvin Harrison and you know, the best offensive lineman at your pick. Um, yeah. you know, number one. Or number two pick with the, with the Panthers pick, draft Marv. You know, be done with it, and then go draft an O lineman with your pick in the top ten, and mm-hmm. really give Justin Fields the ability to show what he can do. But you know, I, I don't know that they'll do that. I kind of have a feeling it might be trade Justin Fields, draft a quarterback season this time mm-hmm. this time around. So we'll see. But. um you know, they lost the game, but I thought he looked good. So minor setback, major comeback, Justin Fields. All right. Now, 
We're moving it on to uh, the <laughs> No Cap Hats Off Award of the Week. I did want to give a little honorable mention. A few weeks ago, we mentioned the um, fake reverse jet sweep pitch back flea flicker to Caleb Williams in the USC Washington game. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed this, Jody, but the Rams tried to run it exact same play against the Seahawks, and it did not work. Um, <laughs> Matthew Stafford took one to the chest, to the mm-hmm. chest, and threw a pick. Terrible, terrible execution yeah. of that play. Anyway, so I just wanted to bring that back because the Rams tried to do it, <laughs> and it did not work the same way that it did for USC against Washington. But um, the real no-cap hats off play of the week Jerry Judy pump faking people. I don't know how this works. Pump faking people, and it worked. <laughs> so, <laughs> for context, if if no one watched the, if you didn't watch it, right? Um, Jerry Judy catches like a screen pass near the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. against the Broncos. He sees two defenders in front of him on his left and right, and he fakes as if like he's going to throw a double pass down the field. <laughs> both defenders like jump in the air and, and then that lets him yeah, yeah he got he got past him and skirt skirt and he gets like a 10 yard gain on what should have been a zero yard gain and that yeah, there's negative, no way that honestly <laughs> there was no way that should have ever worked he looked like a point guard in the nba throwing a fake pass and then slithering into the lane for a layup um <laughs> turned something into you know nothing into something with a move that should never have worked and he had chris collinsworth hyped like really, I, oh, oh Jerry <laughs> Judy! Like it was hilarious. Is <laughs> is awesome. Great. I mean, just no cap. Hats off. Play of the week for sure. Yeah, I saw that play. Texted Johnny and Mitch and was like, "Bro, how did that work?" He literally caught that at the line of scrimmage. There's no way that they should have felt for that. And he was like, <laughs> uh, "They're like, I don't know. Great play, I guess." But this leads us to our Strahan Munoz Award, the Big Fellow Award. You know, this week I'm rolling with. Oh, I didn't write his name down. Do you know his first name? It was Martin. I think it's Zach Martin. Uh, Zach Martin? Yeah. So 70 on the Cowboys is Zach Martin. This dude's really good at pass, bro. I loved watching it. He's He had a couple stunts played on him, but he picks them right up where he's passing people off well. But let me tell you, this guy is slow around the edge. And he let, he let up four tackles on run plays that all went his way. It was sad to see, bro. I was like, this dude... So I'm, the, the, the pools happened first. I was like, all right, this dude's really slow getting to the edge. It's all right. It's whatever. But then when he – it makes sense why Tony Pollard can't ever get rushing yards going right side because this dude can't, <laughs> can't block nobody in the run game. He just looks scared. But his pass pro is immaculate. It's just – I don't know. There's no in-between for him. So it's like he had four t- – from when I started paying attention to it, he had four tackles get stopped going his direction, not to mention – the fact that, like, I started counting those, like, in the second quarter because he didn't have any early on. He had one on a on a pool, and then that, like, so he was trying to get to the dude, never made it, and that dude just made the tackle. It was sad. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if this dude's rushing the ball, I recommend you go left every time. Don't don't trust him <laughs> being your don't lead blocker. Don't run behind Zach or, or just pass all day because, you know, <laughs> that's the, the positives out of this, so. Zach Martin, you got some room to improve, but I like your pass roll a lot, and you got the award. Okay. That was like the most critical award I think we've ever given. Well, I mean, it's, you know, for the most part, there's nothing ever bad happening when you're winning by, you know, at least 20. By 20. And, no. and by this guy, you know, 
there was still some bad plays, even though they were they won by at least like twenty or whatever it was. It wasn't twenty. It was like uh, what thirteen? I think we talked about yeah. eleven. I yeah. don't remember. Um. So, my Strahan Munoz Big Fellow Award is an ode to the game. And if you don't know what I'm referring to when I say the game, I mean what's going to happen on Saturday that will divide families, um, divide the country really. Top four ranked matchup, number two Ohio State versus number three Mm. Michigan in the big house. That is the game every year. Um, and so we had a little mini version of the game in a game on Sunday and that's Aiden Hutchinson from the University of Michigan he had six tackles a quarterback hit a big time sack to end the game with an exclamation point second year pass rusher have been slumping going into the game multiple games without a sack and you know but in fitting fashion you know the Michigan man Sacked the Ohio State quarterback, Justin Fields, and forced a fumble that went all the way back out the back of the end zone and, uh, you know, and effectively ended the game because it was a safety and preserved the Lions' comeback win against the Bears to get to 8-2. and two. So we hope to see a lot more Michigan sacking Ohio State quarterbacks on Saturday, but we saw a little preview of it on Sunday in the Bears-Lions game. Yeah, that he almost had that tutty if our guy Wright didn't kick the ball out of the end zone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. he still scooped it like he did something and was running away with it. Like, yeah, yeah. he took the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, we've got. I the, forgot to mention our guy got an early day. He he got to take off the end of that fourth quarter. But you know, oh, good for Zach. Good for Zach yeah. Martin. He's a little on the older side. Maybe that's why he's slowing down. That's why um, you know, down. I didn't know that. I just, I yeah. thought he, you know, he got the payday this year. I was assuming, you know, he's a little younger. I think it's, I think it's contract. year year ten in the league for him, oh. something like that. Yeah, he's been around for a while. I think they drafted him in twenty fourteen. When was uh, Taylor Lewan gone? If you know that answer, I think they were the same year. Oh yeah, so and and Taylor Lewan is uh, he's out the league. Retired. I mean, yeah. Pseudo retired. I don't know if he by choice. He, he's, but, he's taking calls. I think. Yeah, <laughs> Not entertaining them, but he's had them. <laughs> um, but uh, our who's cooking award, right? Quarterbacks who are cooking, or maybe not so much. I think we both got guys who really did cook people this week, though. Yeah, um, I'm gonna sure. I'm gonna go here, Tommy DeVito, right? The man that still lives at home with his parents, absolutely cooked the Commander Sunday. He may not have to cook at home. But he cooks on the field right now. He was cooking up. He was cooking up some Washington Commanders. Went 18 for 26, 246 yards, three tutties. He was mm. sacked a whopping nine times. Yeah, crazy. And still had all that production. But uh, I mean, what a dog, man! He cooked up 137.7 QBR for Thanksgiving dinner. Good for him, and uh, good for the Giants to finally get back in the win column. Tommy DeVito. Well, the only person I think that had a better day than that was my guy Brock Purdy with the perfect pass rating with, was at 158.3. He mm-hmm. went 21 to 25, 333 yards, three tutties, four carries for 14 yards. The dude was just picking apart the defense. The Bucks couldn't contain him. He had that bomb to Brandon Ayuk. He had a nice pass between two, uh, two defenders to Ayuk as well earlier. A guy Kittle got in the mix with a tutty. And the last one, I I want to say it was Christian McCaffrey, but I don't think it was. Anyways, 
three tutties for the kid. He was just having a field day in, in the Bay. So shout out our, our guy Brock Purdy cooking up some some fire meals. Now, I, pre- I, I talked about this a little bit earlier with MVS being an honorable mention for the Boo Boo Evans Award. The only other guy I saw get memed on X was Quinton Johnson. He went two for six on his receptions, 21 yards. Big, big, big drop late in the game to put them either in field goal position at least or even win with a touchdown that he could have ran. And let me say, on X, they were they were trolling the guy. <laughs> so it was a, a video of him getting drafted. It was like, yeah, my mom, she's putting in her two weeks notice. And then it was... <laughs> It was a video of SpongeBob where they're showing just the restaurant. So it's like the register, the cooking area, the tables, and the bathrooms. And it was like, Quentin Johnson's mom, come tomorrow. It was so bad, bro. <laughs> and so I seen that. This is, I woke up, I seen that, and I was like, oh man, what did this guy do to be getting this kind of hate right now? Oh, and no. the only other dude I saw with that type of hate was MVS. Where it was like, so that's how I ended up going with this decision. I mean, tough two for six, and you know, rookie out of TCU, <laughs> not a not an easy day out there playing. Um, man, who did they play? I don't know, but so uh, if you go for, back oh, they played the Packers. That's who they played. If you go back to our uh, draft comps and when we talked about stuff, I loved the ceiling of Quentin Johnston. I thought athletically he was so gifted. But we did talk mm. about one of his weaknesses, one of his flaws was his, his hands. We were worried yeah. about his hands, which are obviously critical for a receiver. <laughs> a lot of body catches in college. And, uh, yeah. man, it's showing up right now. Not good. Um, I will say his route running is still a little – I remember that's the reason I didn't like him. And yeah. on that play, he ran a go or like a fade, whatever you want to call it. And he made one step. And just because he's so tall, he got past the dude and yeah. arms up, bobbled it, hit the knee or whatever. Didn't work out for them to, to win that game or even tie it. Yeah. So a tough day uh, for our guy Quentin Johnson with the boo-boo Evans. So we are introducing a new award this week. We told you it was a special week. But mm-hmm. uh, new award alert. And this award is called the Standing on Business Award. We're giving this to a team. Maybe a player, more likely a team, that performed up to high expectations. They covered a high spread, if you will. This week, that goes to the Cowboys, who once again covered a high spread when they went to Carolina. They won by a score of 33-10. to 10. They won by 23 points to cover a 10.5-point spread. You almost never see double-digit spreads in the NFL, and you did this week because Dallas has been so good against these teams with losing records. At yeah. home, on the road, hasn't mattered. And once again, they crushed a team with a losing record. And, uh, man, it feels like if you're looking for someone to cover a high spread it, this year, it's going to be Dallas. So they're standing on business right now. All right. I got a quick side note, actually, now that we've given this out. I've seen on X again. There, have you ever heard of Tim the Tap Man? I don't know how much you watch streams. No? Okay, so this dude's a streamer, and he's a Cowboys fan. And so... He put out a video today where it's like someone donated whatever amount of money and they were like, yo, the Cowboys don't matter until they beat a team with a winning record. So mind you, this happened after this happened yesterday. So every team that they beat has a losing record at the moment. 
And he was like, oh, man, like, this is tough to believe. Like, there's no way. Like, someone's got to win. So he was going down the list. And he was like, I think they played the Chargers. Like, Chargers? Nah. They're like, oh, uh. He's like, Rams? Oh, nah. And, he, <laughs> and every time he saw that he was wrong, he was like, dang, the Cowboys really aren't that good. And it was hilarious. <laughs> it's true. I mean, that's just yeah. that's what they've done this year. So we're moving it on to the turnover on down segment, one of our favorite segments of the week, weekly. We got first down, and I'm taking you to a trend. All right, so. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'm, I feel like we might get some all 22 for the first time, which will be nice to see a, some in different a, angles. In a minute. Yeah, we'll, we'll get some. We're all 22 all day today, all right? Um, so if you remember... Uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about um, – I believe this was like week five when the uh, Cowboys played the the Niners on Sunday Night Football. And we talked about that short motion by Christian McCaffrey. And a lot of teams are using that with their running backs. You know, a lot of teams off the McVay-Shanahan tree are using it. Shane Waldron, yeah. who uh, Seattle's offensive coordinator, you know, it stood out to me. They used it on Sunday against the Rams. and um, But they used it in a different way, right? We talked about – you know, San Francisco was using it to, you know, motion motion the back out, bring a linebacker with them, and create a one-on-one ISO route, right? And so now it's yeah. a choice route where you could go out or in. Well, here, Seattle, you know, first and 10 in the red zone, they motion Charbonnet out. Um, you know, they're going to motion Charbonnet out, short motion, but then go play action off of it and come back and boot to where the short motion went and hit Tyler Lockett in the flat. So you'll watch it here. They motion Charbonnet out, right? They're trying to see if the Rams will adjust, which they do a little bit with Quentin Lake, the safety who's in the in the box here. So you're kind of seeing like, okay, is it man or zone? I think they're saying, okay, just the small adjustment by Quentin Lake suggests they're probably in zone coverage because a backer isn't being taken out. Then it comes back, and you know you're getting zone if you're Geno, right? You get a little play action boot here. You're going to get down blocks by everyone to really sell mm-hmm. the run act. This receiver out of the bunch is going to run straight at the safety. And now Tyler Lockett's going to act like he's blocking and then just pop to the flat. Gino coming out, nice little 10-yard gain in the red zone, eventually leads to them scoring a touchdown. <clears throat> but again, you can see how this impacts the defense, right? They're in zone coverage, but Quentin Lake's going to bounce just a little bit. Now it comes back. Ernest Jones is really heavy on the run action. Quentin Lake really heavy on the run action. And it, it forces the, the vertical route, takes Akello Witherspoon, the corner out. Quentin Lake took those two steps in on the run action. Now he's late getting to the flat and a cover three look by the Rams. And it's a wide open shot, right? Yeah. So great job by the, the Seahawks using it. Well, here are the Niners using it again, right? They're first going to motion... Kyle Juszczyk into the bunch, right? Then they're going to short motion Christian McCaffrey out against one of the best man cover linebackers in the league and Devin White. And they're going to run just pick routes along the goal line. Let Christian McCaffrey, instead of having the choice route going out here, he comes back underneath the offensive line. He's going to run under all those choice route or all those pick routes and be wide open for a touchdown. Just genius stuff from from Shanahan here. Really good. You get the motion in the bunch. They got to talk out the bunch now, right? They're talking it out. 
Oh, Devin White overplays it. Christian McCaffrey gets underneath everything wide open. Devin White never even had a chance to cover that. Here you go. You can see it from this angle. It's really good. You can see how Devin White loses leverage, right? Well, anytime you play a man coverage, you want to be inside leverage, right? So he's inside. Feels good about it. Okay, we get the little short motion outside. I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to get that choice route. I know he likes to go yeah. outside. I got to be prepared to get out, right? Overruns it a little bit. And then as soon as McCaffrey's running back this way, now he's got to run that way and he's got to run through all the trash of these pick routes. Not a chance. Not a yeah. chance. Christian McCaffrey's too good. So Way too fast. Um, you know, you can just see how teams are using that short motion, how it's evolved since I showed it to you in, in week five. And gosh, I man, tough to to coach defense in the NFL right now when teams are doing things like that. That's a that's a really tough concept to get a linebacker to stop. You almost have to have a more athletic, you know, nickel corner safety yeah, in the box to play them. But you got to think both of those were in the red zone. Yeah. So, so if you play with a sub, you play with a sub package you're, and they run the ball, good luck. Yeah. So no matter what, you kind of lose here. So this is tough. Like I have a quick side note. I forgot to mention the, the announcer <laughs> at the Rams game. He did not know how to pronounce last names for the Seahawks. So our guy, Jackson Smith and Jigba, he was like he he pronounced his name different every time. He did not know how to say it in Jigba. He was like in Gigba, in in Goba. I don't know. He was saying random <laughs> stuff. And then Charbonnet, he was calling him Charbonnet, like he was an astronaut. It was hilarious. But second down on our turnover and downs comes to me with the bet of the week. Oh man, where's my notes? I believe. Let's see what I picked last week. I went Cowboys minus eleven. Easy money right there. Let me tell you. We're Way back. to go. Way to go. This week, we're looking at, I have the Houston, Texas money line. I believe they're underdogs to the Jaguars, but then you get more bet out of the money line. I think it's one and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the mon- money line looks a little better to me. I, you know, I said last, or yeah, last week, I think the Texans take that division from the Jags, and you got to start here playing them. We got the Rams minus one versus the Cardinals in Arizona. I like that one. We got Eagles minus three versus the Bills. Eagles obviously won yesterday. Tough game. Pulled it out. Vikings minus three and a half versus the Bears. I don't like it at three and a half. I'd move that down to three, maybe two and a half. Because I think, like you talked about, Justin Fields makes it competitive and it might be really close. Um, out of all those ones. Oh, what's up? No, I was just gonna say I these are all these are all tough ones. I if I would <laughs> I honestly think I like the opposite side. I think I like the Bears to cover that three and a half against the Vikings. The Bears With plus three and, three and or two and a half. Does that change your mind? And then, well, then you remove the ability for them to lose by a field goal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so I would, but you had the Vikings covering the three and a half, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, I like the Bears to lose by three or less is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I would move it to three and or two and a half to prevent that. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I like I like the Bears on the on three and the a half. I'm not too confident on that. But. Yeah. I like the Bears on the plus three and a half, but mm-hmm. not a fan of the of the Texans money line. I I, yeah. I like the Texans. I just think the Jags are a better team right now, and I know okay. the Texans already beat them, and I know that. 
the we our recency bias is like, well, the Jags got smashed by the Niners, then they smashed a bad Titans team. I get yeah. it. And the Texans have been hot. But mm-hmm. I think the Jags are still the top dog in that division. And yeah. I think they're going to prove it. So I don't like that Texans money line. But I think I like what you're going to ultimately come to here. Yeah, I'm just taking the Eagles minus three versus the Bills. I think, you know, after I thought they, they were losing last night to begin with. I yeah. thought, you know, we've seen the game before already, right? Chiefs are just that team. And early on, it looked crazy. Our guy Chris Jones is getting after him. Like, a lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts. He had a fumble that he almost lost. He ended up getting himself through, I think, a pick as well at one point in time. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't looking good for the Eagles. But after that mm-hmm. game, it, it, they told me they're the team. They're that team mm-hmm. right now. And the Bills mm-hmm. also don't look like that team right now. So Eagles minus three is my answer this week. All right. I like it. Um, hopping back over for third down, the third down breakdown. We're going to go to that Giants-Commanders game because Tommy DeVito played so well, and I want to explain why. All right. So one thing to understand is the Giants have been running the ball not only with frequency, but with effectiveness with Saquon Barkley in recent weeks. And – uh so when you can run the ball as well as the Giants have, I know it hasn't shown up in wins and maybe not even necessarily the production you'd like to see, but they've been stubborn with it. They've tried to get Saquon the ball as much as they can. In this game, they got him the ball, throwing it to him as well. They used his ability to catch the ball a lot, which I like. Two touches. Um, yeah, yeah. And and on this one, you've got third and one at the 40-yard line or just past the 40-yard line, and – Everyone in the entire stadium assumes that this ball is going to Saquon Barkley. But I love that the Bills, you know, Brian Dayball had the confidence in DeVito to go play action pass here, right? You're going to get a little motion by this offset, this um, this H-back over here, going to motion over. They're going to sell that it's run action this way to Saquon. You're going to get a little play action boot. And then you're just going to get crossers on opposite sides by the, the giant receivers. And you'll see that Darius Slayton comes wide open on the back end of this of this play. So here we go. You get the motion over, forces a DB to come over with it because they're in man coverage. You get the play action, right? The eyes, everyone's eyes are sitting in the backfield because they all think it's run. You get this action across, which draws this DB away. Mm-hmm. And guess what it also does? Nice Effectively picks the DB on the other side. Darius Slayton now can just wheel around wide open. DeVito just gets it to him, catch. makes a one-man one miss, touchdown. That was a really great play design by Brian Dayball, especially when everyone assumes it's going to be run. There you go again. The run action holds everyone, even this middle-of-the-field safety. That one pulls him away. It you end up with a triple team on one guy, another guy wide open, touchdown, mm-hmm. Darius Slayton and the Giants, and that's how they were able to beat the Commanders, took advantage of what they had put on film in terms of tendencies and broke them. The best play callers in football know how to do that and when to do it. Um, and in order to get that done, they had to create the tendency, the run tendency first by being stubborn with Saquon, having some success, whether it be limited or a lot, and then being able to break that tendency on third and one to go for a big play, a big touchdown, and a big win for the Giants over the Commanders. Yep, yep. Let's see. For the fourth down on this turnover on downs, we're giving you a twofer from one team. We had the Niners. So 
fourth down is going to be the bad beat. The Niners, their spread was 13 and a half. They finished out at 27 to 14. That's only 13. Not to mention, on the flip side, if you bet the over-under, the over was 41 and a half. Game closed out at 41. If you bet on them on either side, you know that's a tough day. Gosh, tough day that is, yeah, very tough. Just right at, sure. Or they're just really good lines. Vegas knows too much. and Yeah. Know, Vegas can predict the future. They know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a ah, tough beat for those who are who are gambling on the that's on the Forty Nine ers there. So that brings us to the last thing we got going on today. We got the banger of the week from me this week, and it's funny enough. I was actually watching this before we hopped on today. It's the finale. I didn't know it was going to be that soon. So wow. I'm talking about Love Island Games. If you've heard of it or not. It's basically, have you heard of Love Island at all, I should say? I have, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, okay, so Love Island, essentially, you know, it's a dating show where they bring in people throughout the week. So people couple up, and then they try to, like, learn about each other over a short man, a span of time, and then there's games incorporated to where they learn more about each other, and then they'll bring in new people to try and pull them away from the people they're in a couple with already. So what Love Island Games is, it's people that have already done the show, and they brought people in from the U.S., the U.K., Australia, and I think there's one chick from Spain. And this it's, it's called The Games because the challenges give people power, which isn't normal, and then they go and determine who they want to vote out of the island. But then there's also people who come in who have also been on the show at one point in time. Mm, okay. And they try to persuade them to switch couples. Well, anyways, Very traumatic. It, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I, I, I started off behind watching it. I was five episodes behind when I started. I'm all uh, up to date. I'm watching the last one right now. It's the finale. And I just saw who won. I don't know what they end up doing because w- there's a prize. You get a hundred. It's normally 50K, but they did 100,000 for the games. So I'm going to find out who or what decided to either split it or keep it all to themselves. So that would be interesting. But, yeah, that's that's had me torn. I, I've, I've loved watching it. Cause there's, <laughs> I, I started off watching the U.K. when I was in college. And then the U.S. has been more accessible now because I don't have Hulu anymore. So it's a nice combination of everything. And, I don't know, a lot of drama, really good. I like it a lot. Yeah. It's uh, I've watched one or two seasons of it before. Definitely uh-huh. like falls into that guilty pleasure, trashy TV, reality TV yeah. segment of, <laughs> of it. Like where if you're not feeling great about yourselves, you know, and you just want to watch other people make fools of themselves, it's a yeah. good time. You know, and you get people like, that you like, you root for, that you identify yeah, with. Yeah, like, exactly. Well, I, I kind of get where that guy's coming. I'm rooting for him. You know, I hope yeah. he does. Or well, you're like, you oh, know. that dude sucks. He's just yeah, hating everyone, yeah. pissing off no. everybody. <laughs> everybody loves to find the person they love and the person they hate. And yeah, you root exactly. for and against those people. So <laughs> that's why reality TV works. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I, I'll have to check it out, I think. You know, I got maybe a little bit of downtime on this Thanksgiving break, so maybe I'll be able to yeah. check it out. It's 19 episodes. They're all an hour. So okay. It's not right. too much. Normally that they life. last like yeah, it's normally like fifty episodes, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we uh we want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, and uh spend Enjoy it, that food. Eating the turkey, eating the sides <laughs> that we mentioned, watching football, and uh we'll be back 
on probably Sunday night. I'm thinking to recap right, this uh, this Thanksgiving week, and uh, until then, to your top. We're gonna we're gonna let our guy Ray Ray take us out. Confession. Hey, I gotta waste time answering that question. Fists in the air represent God's blessing.